This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Monday, February 15th, and this is Season 5, Episode 24 of the Four Star Spurs Podcast. I'm your host this week, Tommy, with this, or with me this week is Nate. Hello. Hey, uh, we got Rick. Hey, everybody. I'm back. And and uh, coming back from her layoff, she's back in the States, Catherine. Hello, hello. Okay, so Rick brought this up last week when uh, Anthony kind of organized everybody to be on, but it's the reunion of the snark table, which is currently our, it's our, it's our working title. So who is the ringleader of this? Somebody want to talk about this. Yeah. Is there really I, a ringleader? It would probably yeah, be a wife. A, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know if there is a ringleader, but I guess we should probably give a little history on this for everybody. So um, when all of us started going to Chicago Spurs a long time ago, when we would go through some particularly bad stretches, you know, the people that kind of just have to laugh sometimes at misfortune just sort of gravitated towards the same table and Nate and Catherine and Hannah and myself and our old friend Mike Ryan out in Seattle. We just, you know, even, even though the, you know, especially like in the, the dark AVB days, it was just nice to have some folks to share the misery with and commiserate. And regardless of if we would win or lose, it was nice to be able to hang out afterwards and, and get some positive from the day. So yeah, uh, it's absolutely. very appropriate that the three of us are all available to <laughs> do the podcast when we seem to be revisiting those days to a certain extent. So uh, that that's a little bit of the background, but yeah, there, there's no leader. We're very much just a uh, sympathetic collective of uh, Chicago Spurs. Sympathetic group within Chicago Spurs that are especially perhaps self-deprecating in a way <laughs> that we deal with our, uh, deal with, we deal with these losses. And yeah, it started, I mean, it, it made sense that it really started in the AVB end of AVB Tim Sherwood era. And there was a couple of those dark times in the beginning of the Potch era too. I remember West Brom at home and Stoke away, especially. Um, so, so not always great there either, but um but it was just a great way to have um, people to meet there, which is kind of one thing we definitely miss a ton right now is that if we were, <laughs> it would be a lot easier to take some of these results, I think, if we were all together. So it is great to talk to all of you after a long time and kind of digest and discuss this uh, last awful week that we've had to deal with. <laughs> and uh, it, or to add uh on more punishments in this past week, we just got more snow. Oh my um, God. Kath- Catherine's in Atlanta right now, so she doesn't have to deal with the precip- well, the snow precipitation. I can just commiserate with you oh, after having enough. lived in many cold places. Fair enough. <laughs> and, and native... Yeah. Uh, Catherine's Minnesota, and she knows what's yeah, up. Minnesotan, <laughs> which is essentially uh, oh, yeah. honorary Canadian from what I'm told, but... Yeah, so I think all three of us, uh, well, the remaining three, myself, uh, Nate lives in Rogers Park. I live in Lincoln Square. Rick, you live in Galewood? Yeah, Galewood? just out by Oak Park. So okay. On the west so, side. yeah, like, we're we're getting a Oak good Park amount adjacent. of snow. 
Oh my goodness! I just walked upstairs because, like, every time I walk upstairs, because uh, I've been like, uh, I'm in a ground floor duplex, so like, my bedroom, which has also been my office for a year, is in the uh, in my room in the basement area. So every time I walk up, I see it. It's just like more and more and more. And this is not like just a daily thing. It's like a week. It's like it's like a weekly thing. It's been doing this for like two weeks, which is just. Far from fucking normal at this point. Like, for fuck's sake. Especially because it's like 10 degrees outside. Like, this makes yeah. no sense. And yeah. Chicago uh, is really lily white, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. <laughs> and, and it keeps on piling on. Foot coat yes. of lily white. Yeah, it's lily white, cold, and miserable. So it's very <laughs> apropos for spurs. So. And uh, as they say, pure as the driven snow. Okay. So, uh. uh that oh, one. Yeah. Okay. So let's not prolong this enough. I'm not saying we had the week from hell per se, but this was not a pretty week. Um, it was very unattractive, to say the least. Uh, okay, so we lost a 5-4 in extra time to Everton in the FA Cup round of 6 or 32 or something. Um, yeah, uh, Nate, uh, what is it? Everton Sanchez actually scored two goals, which is very surprising. But uh, I think the moral of the story for this match is for any fan that says, why don't we play attacking football? There's your answer. Cause we're getting murdered on this. So I'd like to think at least that the reason or we're playing a little more or sit back more defensively is because Josie's trying to increase or maximize our chance to get a point or to get a result in our favor. Unfortunately it didn't happen with this, but say la vie as they say, or as bewitched would say, um, <laughs> oh my god! Can I walk off here? No, you already. You said to Anthony you wanted to be on the podcast, so so you have to deal uh, with your like, no takes as they yeah. say. National actions have consequences. You must stay now. Yeah. So, so anyway, Tommy, like I, I, I agree that the last week's been been pretty miserable, but you know, on the balance of things, the Everton match. Was definitely the better of the two, right? Oh, yeah. and I know we're starting with that one. I love that we did come out and we actually tried to play some football. I think when you look at the two matches compared to each other, you know, we're making all these individual mistakes either way. Like, not playing attacking football isn't preventing us from still shipping goals. So go out and play. You know, at least go and play and try and give it a go. We gave it a go. We just had a number of just really weird or horrible individual mistakes in that game. We we played pretty well, I thought, except for these individual bonehead things that keep popping up. And that's there's nothing you can do to address that schematically. So I on you know when you compare these two, I'd at least prefer that we'd go for it rather than play timid and scared. You know, like it's no, just not no in our guts. nature. It's not in our DNA to play that way. So. A no guts, no glory type of thing. Yeah, it's, it's literally in our motto. To dare is to do. The game is about glory. You know, that's one of the main concerns I think all of us had with Mourinho coming in was, you know, his DNA is kind of antithetical to ours. And, um, you know, at least we gave it a go. So I know we'll get into more details about uh, how the match went in a little bit. But uh, on the balance, I- I'm fine with Wednesday. I-, I have a much bigger problem with Saturday. Let's put it that way. So, Nate, what do you got? I'm I'm more of the opposite to be honest. So that'll be interesting when we cross that bridge later. But um, I like for this one. I mean, it, it, I I don't think you can compare both games at all to be honest because one is against 
Everton and one is against Manchester City, who I don't think have allowed a goal from open play at home since their first home game of the season. Something ridiculous like that. Their defense has been rock solid. So I don't I, I don't I don't agree that you can even compare how you come out in both games. Um but saying that, like as good as we were attacking, and to be honest, like even before they scored and how awful that first goal was to get them back in it, it totally flipped us on our on our head. Like we had maybe three or four great chances to score. We scored four goals in that game. We could have scored eight. Like that's that they had their backup keeper. Pickford wasn't there. Um, I don't, their their defense just looked so out of sorts. We were able to get good balls in every corner we had. Bergvine had good chances. Lamella had good chances. Everybody had good chances. Um, Kane had a good couple of good chances. He scored one, but there was there was more in there. And they had like six total, and scored on five. Yeah. And oh, and for for the record, we I'm looking through my notes. It could have been three nil in theory. Right. You know, absolutely. Minutes. There was that golden. There was that point blank header. It was a great save. Bergvine had a great shot. He hit it right at the keeper. And then there was obviously the Sanchez goal, and he scored another one too. But like, what it comes down to is. It is just a rotating cycle of who's next to fuck up in our back. Well, you could say including the midfield, like seven. It's who's next. Who's going to fuck up this time? Is it going to be Hugo? Is it going to be Hoybier, who's now had two and two? Like that for him to just completely whiff on that ball off that throw in and just let walk through and then. Hugo's limp wrists are just now a thing, apparently. Just letting the ball go right through him. Like, I mean, I'm at a loss for words right now because it's like you, 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 you were correct. You like we, we'd rather play this way, but the problem is like it's one thing to play this way against Everton in the Cup game, where it's like, well, it's 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 like this is a one-off. You go for it. It's that was like a and, and to be honest, from a neutral perspective, that was a fantastic match. And it was a fantastic, it was like classic FA Cup football. Like, it's what you want in a cup tie, just both teams going at it. And that's fine. But it shows that, like, I don't think there's an alternative without us, like, shipping that all the time. And it's like, and it, the worst thing was, like, it's the same thing at the end of Pochettino that we're seeing. It's like just guys, like, not knowing where the fuck to be or just being out of sorts or being out of their head or not communicating. And, it's hurting us just every time. And it's like any time. And I remember this at the end of Pochettino where it's like any time a team would go attacking our direction, you thought we would probably ship a goal. And with Pochettino, you like, you tried to have possession to kind of counteract that thing. But in the end it didn't work because we couldn't keep possession either. We can't, couldn't pass out the back. Every team knows that if they push us to pass the ball towards Davies down that left flank, Davies can't get the ball to Sun, and Sun can't hold the ball up, and they get an easy turnover. And it happens every time. And that's been going on for two years. And so when you're in that situation over and over again, it's just like we've made – we've gone so far. We're back to where we started essentially. So I like – it's great. Yeah, we scored four goals, two on a set piece. Still on three assists. Lamella like wanted the ball and looked like he was somebody again, which is great to see with him. But like at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if like our defense is that bad, and it's not a like and you it's not a coaching thing anymore because this is now two managers yeah. the same. Sh- 
So you can say, oh, could someone, the only question is that, like, you want someone in that could might maybe fix it, but this is not fixable with the current roster is where I'm at. After seeing that, that's where I'm at. Yeah, and I don't, I don't think I'm ready to, I don't think I'm ready to say that, Nate, because I think what we've seen is we've seen so much rotation. Like, look at who we were playing, you know, in, on that back line at Everton. Every single game brings this new combination of people that haven't worked together before. You that know what I mean? Team. That was like three of the back four were the same as the game yeah. before. But again, it, you're, you're actually reinforcing my point for me is that, you know, we're constantly searching for what to do and we just we don't have any consistency back there. And then one other thing that there was just a lot of bad luck involved in that game, too. You know, there, there was the, the penalty that Hoybier got called for. There's no, I mean, it, legit penalty. You know, I, I didn't like it at first because there was no intent to it. But, you know, he, he clipped him, but he wasn't even looking at the guy, right? And they get a penalty, and that happens. The first goal, terrible turnover. Hugo should have stopped it. A lot of things just are not going our way right now. So, But it's I'm also try- playing, defenders playing people on side. It's poor. Like that Bernard goal was yeah. like, where's Hugo? Where's he at? Like he's known for coming off his line. He just sat there. Like he, and then it comes out later in the week. Oh, he's talking with PSG. Like to be honest, after this week, and I mean, we'll go into more of the city because I say the same shit in that game with him. Like he's included to me with the Dyers, with the Sanchez's, with the Ben Davies as people that need to leave. That's where I'm at with him at this point. Like, I mean. And, and to make and to double down with it, it's like okay, the team is in this kind of shit. Where's your captain? Your captain's making shitty mistakes at the back line that's costing us. That's where that, our that, captain's at. So you want to talk shit about the coach? Fair play. It's been a nightmare recently. Where are the goddamn players? Like, yep. Where should they? That was the two coaches. This is. It's the same shit. Like. Is there any pride in professionalism anymore and how well, you play? Like I do. So it's like I can I can see like why people gravitate towards it being all on Jose. We paid him a fuck ton of money to be good. We did, and he hasn't been. But at the same time, it's like these are trends that are somehow. And I know he's a larger than life manager, but the trends of our team are so much bigger than just him. And I think, like, and then I think this game personified it. This was a game where we came out and we went at them, like full fledged went at them, and it was some great football in that game. But we couldn't finish when it mattered. When we had a chance to like put them in the dust, we could have been three zero with twenty minutes. Game's over. Game's over at that point. But we couldn't do it because we don't have guys can't finish, and then the defense can't hold anything. And then one goal goes in, and we totally shut down. Gave them three goals in five minutes. It was actually a credit to the players and props to players for actually coming back because I didn't know we had that in us. Like, that was nice to see. I'll give you that, Rick. But again, like, it just shows there's no way to get these guys to be where we want Tottenham to be. These guys in our team. Attacking football, we're too weak at the back. Defensive football, we don't do enough going forward. This is just going to be in a holding pattern until we can kind of turn over the roster. Nate, I was I was thinking about this last week, and like I know Rick has a dissenting opinion compared to me, or to you and I. I would say I'm not sure what Catherine's thoughts are on this, but like I, I'm still in the firm believer that Jose is cleaning up Pochettino's mess because he didn't sign anybody new. He le- he let a lot of players essentially rot 
like Bertongan, he got put out to pasture. Toby was like, like contracts run out and et cetera. So, and unfortunately because of the pandemic, no money is being brought in um, and all this. And in terms of money, like not a lot of money is coming in because of that. So Joe is going to leave in probably what two or two years when his contract runs out. So like when he's trying to turn over the squad and replace players, it's like, it's going to be ugly. And the, the biggest issue is we're not, he's not going to be here probably to reap the rewards. So. I don't know uh, necessarily if I fully agree on you that, but I don't, I've just went on like a 10 minute rant. So somebody else should talk. <laughs> oh, yeah. Ca- yeah. Catherine, you had your the bourbon I poured was a little bit more than I should have. I will say that right now. <laughs> but yeah, Catherine, go ahead. Sorry. We well, too long. well, we're talking a lot about that was a lot, Nathan, but it's good. <laughs> Um, it's it's good, but there are definitely two different. You need to compartmentalize because for the defense, I was reading a Jack, Jack Pitbrook article from the Athletic recently, and he said that Mourinho has been at Spurs for almost 15 months now, and this was the 37th game of long season that still has some way to go. And yet, nobody could seriously argue that Mourinho has any idea what his best defense is. In 31 of those 37 games, Mourinho has gone for a back four. And of those, this was only the sixth time that he's paired Sanchez with Alderweireld. Similarly, Dyer and Alderweireld went for 12 starts, Sanchez and Dyer seven. And then the aforementioned Sanchez and Alderweireld have been six starts. Everybody else has been two starts. So it's, it's a question of who should be back there. Plus, with kind of what the three of you have been saying, there have been those individual errors where you shouldn't be making those, let alone your club and team captain of Hugo Lloris, who's, who should be the backbone of the defense. Um, but then also, for my thought, if, if the Spurs defense isn't as solid as it was three, four years ago when we had the literally the best statistically, especially defense in the Premier League. I'd rather ship a few goals. I know Tommy that this isn't this is probably the opposite of what you were saying right at the very beginning of of this seg- this per- portion of the segment, but I'd much rather ship a ton of goals. Well, not a ton of goals because I I'd much rather ha- have clean sheets than than not, but um if we're going to be playing attacking football and getting going with our offense, I'd much rather have a few goals go in and then have just kind of a balls to the wall style for our attacking players. But there, but that's where you can't compartmentalize like you can to a point and then you can't when it's, it needs to be cohesive. If the defense and offense don't really know what's going on, then it just all goes to shit. And so, especially with Hoybierg, recently having those individual errors, which I think Rick was mentioning, that's that's where it all kind of goes away and and kind of fizzles out because he's the backbone in the midfield. And then yeah. you have Ndombele who kind of opens up and and is trying to be creative, but then how can he when the people behind him, whether in the midfield or defense, aren't doing the proper job. So I don't know where I was going with this, but <laughs> I think that yeah. uh, I'm, I'm... It, it, there there needs to be some um, 
yeah, cohesiveness and some yeah. thought to how the whole team is playing, but then also right. with how a little bit of our defense midfield and then midfield and attack and forwards attacking uh, are actually playing. Right. I'm, I'm oh. glad you brought up that article, Catherine, because it's basically saying what I was trying to say a, a couple of minutes ago is that, you know, he I understand that you need to search, you know, and kind of find those right combinations. But, you know, it's almost like watching a basketball game. By the time you get to this point of the season, you need to have your rotation mm-hmm. down. Right. And just me personally, what I like is having a, a like kind of an aerial duo like Toby and Dyer play together. And I think when we were having a lot of defensive success, that was our first choice pairing even though Eric Dyer makes his brain farts and maybe Toby, you know, has lost a step and, uh, or can't, you know, handle stronger opponents like we've seen. That's fine, but they need to play together because they'll understand each other. And then if you got to go for speed, that's when you can play Sanchez and maybe Dyer or Rodon, you know, and Sanchez or, or, you know, I think that that's really what you have to focus on is, you know, set your teams up to, to face certain types of challenges and then let them grow that understanding together. Um, until you do that, I, I think that's why uh, I think it was I, I can't we gave up so many goals against Everton. I can't remember which one, but there was uh, one one of the later ones where Matt Doherty was like, you know, five yards behind everybody else. And that's what allowed um, that. I think it was that last goal yeah. um, to be scored because everybody else had moved forward and it would have been easily offside. But he wasn't there because he hasn't been playing with these guys. So you, you really oh, do need to. Come, yes. Yeah. 68th minute, Richarlison goal beats offsides trap and beats Hugo at steep angle. Yeah, and that yeah. was a very, very, very sharp angle, and that was another one where Hugo just should have done better with as well. But yeah, it was like, but it was like that all game. It was, yeah. I don't know, the the XG was ridiculous in our favor. I think it was like they were like maybe 1.7, we were like 3.9 or something ridiculous, yeah. like which we never get that. Under Mourinho, <laughs> like, yeah, let's that's be a honest. Worth. A lot of us that's were like point six or something ridiculous, right? Exactly. So it was just, and it was, and Kane wasn't even there. So this whole idea that we can't play without Kane, it just kind of went to the wayside in that game. And and yeah, there was some cool things to be happy with attacking wise. Eric Lamella had a fantastic game moving forward. I'm in sudden three assists, two of which came on corners, like yeah. and a hockey assist was, on our yeah, and that, and that 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 beautiful pass to or that beautiful cross to Kane that was fantastic wasn't it but like it's all overshadowed like if, and it's a weird one because if like we came out and had won that game like that could have been a turning point it could have been a turning point back to like this is something like we came back from 3-1 down we had gotten it and like I remember like in extra time I don't know if you guys remember like right before they scored like Kane got behind their defense and had a chance and Olsen made a half decent save and if that goes yeah. in, it's like there were just so many moments like that in that game, which is it just sort of makes the, the, minute. Def- the defense so annoying of a problem. And I think a lot of it has to be said. It's just like, and I mentioned this last week too, it's just how exhausted this team is. We talk about not playing the right, same back four, but you have had to see essentially Ben Davis who gets, who has been, shocking recently there's no bones about it but you also remember he's just he hasn't had a break because he hasn't been able to have one like for yeah. weeks and we've been playing two games a week and like ben davis i think because we, what we've seen about him is that like he can play good he can he can be good against middling opposition when he has rest but, but i he, i think that even with what you're saying with having the players not have rest which is 
absolutely true. Um, even at the end of what you were saying, Nathan, later earlier, that at the end of Pochettino's reign or era, whatever you want to call it, um, they were doing similar things to what Delhi had said in the Amazon docu- documentary of, and he, I quote, just smashing it long and fucking defending, end quote. And I think that the play of having just your the sharpness of thought, the sharpness of passes, the sharpness of of not being as married together within the back line or or anywhere else on the pitch is indicative of how tired all the players are. And it's been going like this for a year and a half, two years. And so I think that we do need to have a little bit more of that rotation, even if they, the players who come in don't have as much uh, uh, experience similar to what you guys have been saying, like put in Joe Rodon and let's see how it goes. Well, on Catherine, that's the other thing. I'm looking at the stats right now. Like Son is at 34 games. Hoiberg is at 35. Those are the leaders. And like how you're you saying. Can like, tell. Yeah, yeah, well, th- I think this is like where he's kind of fallen. He's kind of fallen. He's kind of hit the cliff with Hoiberg. Because like he's the only so-called D-mid and he's not even a real D-mid. Right. So it's like, I'm like, we kind of have to sort that out. And like, or with the back line, I'm like, I truly believe that Joe Roden is the future. And I've said it in our chat, but I'm like, this season is a loss in terms of the Premier League. So I'm like, just get him some playing time. Let him get acclimated to the I'm system that Josie that. What, what Josie wants to play. And like, I want to see Tenganga play more. I, I think he has a lot of promise as well. And, or... And the other one, like Deli Ali, I know, like I know, he probably has some attitude issues, but like Josie's kind of has to experiment here a little bit. Throw him in, throw Gareth Bale in, let them play well, a little bit he's, more. I think he's, I think he's realized that too, and that's why you had like the different way we mm-hmm. played against Everton, yeah. and then we saw the substitutions we made in the Man City game. Um, so I think I think he's arrived at there finally. I think after the window, once it was settled, the Delhi's not going anywhere. I think now you're going to see him more involved. We've already seen it a little bit, but again, Delhi came in against Everton. He didn't do anything at all. Like really, mm-hmm. like I think calling him for a dive on that thing was a bit bullshit. But yeah. like um, he didn't really have much effect on the game at all. Um, so he's got to get up to speed. Um, same with Gareth Bale in a way because the season's been so stop start. Um, but he 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 almost did something pretty cool in that city game. But we we can arrive that there. I think just from and we we I think we've exhausted talking about Everton at this point. But I I just um, there's just too many factors to really think that I think we, I think everybody all of a sudden we've all arrived finally to the destination that there's no quick fix here. And Jose Mourinho was part of trying to input the quick fix. So. We've kind of put yeah. a lot of eggs in that basket. And the question now that we've arrived at this is that now that this is a big, big change is needed and you've got Mourinho on this big contract, the question now is now what? And I think everybody is still waiting on that answer. Yeah. Yeah. So I think my last thought on Everton is that I, I agree with everything you guys are saying. We need people look tired 
And the one thing that's still striking, even when we're trying to attack, is that we're just too slow. We're too ponderous on the ball. You know, we just we've got too many people out there that are either too afraid to make a mistake or are, are spending too much time trying to figure out what they're supposed to be doing. And when that happens, I think you got to take a step back. You got to simplify things for people, right? You know, don't don't throw too much at them. Just you know, for you know, let them go out there and, and play a little a little bit of football. Um, I think what we're doing more, one thing I look very carefully for whenever something really good or something bad happens for us is, you know, did we generate that or did the other team generate that, right? Like sometimes you do something so good it can't be stopped and that's like a winner. And then sometimes you kind of punch yourself in the balls and you make a mistake, right? And and that gives something away. And sometimes it's a little bit of both, but (coughs) back through both of these last two games, we're killing ourselves, Other teams are not, you know, coming out and just sticking it to us. We're hurting ourselves, and it's simple, basic stuff. It's just dumb, poor turnovers. As good as you think Lamella has been, Nate, and and he was. He he scored a goal against Everton, and and his energy is great. But I'm telling you, Eric Lamella and Lucas Mora are the worst turnover machines I may have seen in my 20 years following this club. There are half a dozen attacks by both of them every time they play where it is inexplicable because they either have feet of stone or because Eric Lamella refuses to use his right foot where attacks go to die. Okay. So if you want to know why we're not scoring, you know, it'd be great if we played quicker and if we could string some passes together, but it would help if you actually had guys out there that were capable of doing that. So I, got, I, can't, I, I, I again, you know love the energy. That is, 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 is absolutely ridiculous. That is absolutely ridiculous of a statement. Um, because they weren't on the fucking field when we went through our massive drought of un- being unable to do anything. That was Bergvine and Ndombele being, being played forward. You know when we were in the Brighton game and like then the Liverpool game when we totally had nothing? Like that first half of Chelsea, like all those games when we created nothing? Mora and, and Lamella weren't on the field for those. It's when they came on against Chelsea that we actually looked like we had a chance of doing something. It's in the game against Everton where they played. We, we always look like we goals. have a chance of doing something, Nate, and then they turn the damn ball yes, over. It doesn't exactly. result in anything. So what's is? the because difference? We don't the have an answer in difference. our roster. We have players that are limited. Lucas Moore is limited. Eric Lamella is limited. We've known this for years on what they can do. Lucas Moore can run it together. You cannot finish. play the two of them together. It's too it's much of a liability. Bad. It's not even that, because if you put Bergvine in, he's too fucking chicken shit to do anything. And if he does get the ball in front of goal, he's going to miss every time. Every time. How many goals have uh, has Morris scored lately? I don't know. More than Bergvine, because yeah. he's got two, and Bergvine's got none. And he's had just as many times to, pl- to prove yeah. that. But oh, for the record, he has scored six goals this season. We have these guys. We know what their limitations are. With Bergvine, we were hoping he'd turn out. Hasn't happened yet. May happen, may not happen. Yep. Bergvine set up Lamella's minute header that didn't go in. Bergvine won the corner. That was our first goal. I thought oh, Bergvine yeah. played very good before oh, yeah, he yeah. I remember yeah. when we said these things about Soldado. It doesn't matter <laughs> if you can't fucking finish. And it's the, it's the thing with it's the thing with him. So, no, I'm not going to say, ooh, play Bergvine over Lucas Mora. We just signed him. No, he's not the new toy anymore. You're going to throw him in the back with a fucking old Playmobil. 
Like that's where that's where it is that's now. A harsh man. He's had a year. He's had almost the season, and it's not happening. So I don't put in the situation where I'd rather have him or Lucas Moore or Eric Lamella. It's almost the point where you just go with the hot hand. So now, yeah, Lamella and Lucas whichever are one's off healthy. now after that city game. So yeah, maybe let's try Bergvine again. But like <laughs> that goes in the more of the thing because everything's not working. That's why there's been rotation because we mm-hmm. haven't found something that's been working with the current players. So you do you try to like you try to gamble and say maybe if we play these guys three or four times and suffer through losses, they could get better, but maybe they can't because they're not good enough. That's where we're kind of at right now. But the thing about Lucas and Lamella is we know what we're going to get out of them. And yes, we do. Yes, and it's we do. not good. Is it, is it good enough? No, not really. Like, but <laughs> yeah, I'm going again too long, but like, yeah, I know. Well, I, well, that, this was actually timely. Like minutes ago. Okay. Well, we but will end it here because yeah, you end Rick, it now. I've got nothing, you and Rick, got nothing else. Rick and Nathan opened up the Lucas Lamella Pandora box. You can you can can barely shut that. It's really hard to shut the Lucas Lamella Pandora. These are rotation players that we have on the roster. So when there are times to try to shake things up, you got to go to them because we got nobody else. Okay. On that note, that's why they're rotational players. On that note, okay. So let's let's dive into MVP LVB because there's been a lot of bitching and some praise. Um. Let's do somewhat rapid fire, a few sentences at the most, if we could. Uh, uh, MVP, I'm gonna hit, Nate hit the nail on the head for me earlier. I I put Lamella down. I thought that he was pretty. He did very well uh, last Wednesday. Um, Sun did well as well, but I I his effort and everything looked really good from what we saw from a few years ago. So I'm going with Coco. Who wants to go next? Oh, oh yeah, it's it, it's sunny. I mean, it's sunny. Three assists and a hockey assist, and he was working all night. And I, I, there was nobody even when I rewatched it wasn't even close. Sun, Sun was the MVP of that match for us. Okay. I'm gonna go with Lamella too. I thought he was fantastic. <laughs> um, but yeah, Tommy, you said the same thing. He brought energy. I mean, one of the great. And I mean, we talk about Lucas and how many fucking counterattacks he fucks up, and that's definitely true. But both Lucas and Lamella bring one thing that other people don't seem to have yet that that, that would replace them is they can press and win the ball. Yep. Like it, yeah. it's something like I wish Bergvine had it, and I wish like other players in those positions when they play would have it. But that that's another th- reason why they they were in those teams is because they were able to win the ball up the field, and even if they might fuck it up with a pass more often than not, which you're absolutely right about, Rick. Like yeah. there's still a I, chance they might not. Like, like they might actually get something, and Lamella did that again. And that's I know, I know we so got to get to Catherine for, for her take, but I, I just want to let everybody know, Nate and I actually don't disagree on this as much as people think. I think, you know, I, I think we absolutely have to have one of Lamella or Lucas on the, on the pitch at all times because their energy brings energy, but energy. both of them is a disaster that I just can't watch because you want to know something that like tallies up faster than a basketball game is if you count bad turnovers when the, both of them are on the field together, it's like a, a home run derby. So anyway, Oy. Yeah, sorry, Catherine, Catherine, who did you have for uh, MVP? Are you are you done, gentlemen? Uh, I'm going to say, because I can never make a decision, I'm going with 40% Sun, 40% Lamella, and 20% Sanchez for each one of his goals. He does For, for 10%. For yeah. Okay, and, so at least Lamella's that, the winner on this. That should be <laughs> the end of the, the Everton conversation, I think. Actually, we got LVP. Um, Damn it! But I'll be I'll be very brief with mine. Um, 
here, Emil Koyberg. I love you. I love your tenacity. Unfortunately, like I said, you kind of hit the cliff here. Unfortunately, you're going to be played so much more until the end of the season because we don't have another D-mid or at least somebody as competent as you. But those two mistakes, we could have gotten a win out of it. And kind of like the butterfly effect, if those two didn't happen, we wouldn't have to worry about extra time and Winks screwing it up. But yeah. <laughs> who wants to go next? Um, I was going to say Hoybeer too. I just think like someone who's been lauded as dependable throughout the season for him to come up and basically and gave he gave them two goals really like and yeah it was a harsh penalty but it was still penalty or maybe it wasn't a penalty to be honest like that might have started outside the box but it was still sloppy like and you expect more from him so as yeah and more it's because I can't give it twice to Hugo in one week and he's getting it for the city game because I'm not happy with him in the fucking slightest. You can do that. Been on too many Malbecs before match days. (laughs) Let's go. Like, but yeah, seriously, it's, it's tough. It's tough to see with Hoy beard because he started off the season. He's been our signing of the season for just about most of it. And you're, you were right time when he said he looks like, I mean, it's, it's falling off a cliff right now. It's not good. Yeah. And unfortunately we kind of have to make do. Yeah, and and same for me. It's a little rough because that penalty was very unlucky on his part. But that first goal mm-hmm. that Everton got was one hundred percent his error, his mistake. Hugo probably should have done better to keep it out, but the fact that we were in that place in the first place was one hundred percent on Pierre. He he was a horrible giveaway that led him right into that attack. So, um, as much as I've been complimentary of him all season, I I have to give it to him, and I. I wanted to point out one other thing. I actually did have to give a bit of consideration to Davinson Sanchez for LVP, even though he scored two goals, because he had at least four or five just crazy near misses in that game that could have just been disastrous for us. So I, I actually, I mean, you score two goals that, you know, that saves your, your bacon a lot. But if he hadn't, he would have been up there in the running because to this day, he just continues to look scared as hell. And he just does not look confident, and he's making constant bad decisions. So <laughs> I hope he recovers, but it's rough right now. And I'll say Hoybjerg, and screw whatever Nate says about giving consecutive <laughs> LVPs, because I will also put Hugo. So Pierre, Emile, Hoybjerg, yeah. and Hugo. But you're only giving him two fifty percent, right? So that's like one one hundred percent. Yeah, LVP. like I said, I, I can't make a decision, so I'm just splitting the. Splitting the 100% difference. Fair enough. Okay, so uh, Catherine's Q ter- uh, gets us to a, a bit of a monumental shit show. I was not pleased at the effort and lack of initiative of our 3-0 loss against Manchester City. Uh, I don't even know who scored. Okay, so Rodri scored a Gundogan. goal. And then, yeah, Gundogan had two. And a lot of oh, it just it was a hot mess. Uh, I there's so many things that I want to say, but since I'm hosting, I will just chime in. I mean, when I I'll just say that firstly, I was like, I'm not expecting a win out of this, and then I looked at the lineup. I'm like, we're getting killed here, and I don't know. We just got put out to pasture. Uh, I don't Nate, know. I didn't got? think we played that bad. Um, I well, really. I don't think we did. 
No, I mean, honestly, we played better defensively in this game than I think in the last two games against Manchester City that we played and beat them in. Like, if you look at, like, chances created, I mean, aside from, again, dumbass mistakes fucking us over, which you can save for the penalty and their second goal and their third goal. Yeah. Um, but, so everything. Yeah, exactly. Like, like, I feel like, again, another game where we had a very solid first 20 minutes. Like, mm-hmm. we had... We, we hit the post and Harry Kane's first ever good free kick since Aston Villa, which was a deflection. So I don't even know if that one counts, but God, I would like, no one had any expectation. I think, Oh great. Harry Kane's taking, Oh my God. Oh, it didn't go in. That was like, I think everybody's reaction. Cause nobody expected him to get close and he almost got it. He was this close. Yeah. Um, All those smashes into the wall were just setting right. him up. It was just setting, setting him up. up. He was playing the long yeah. game. We yeah. Almost went according to plan perfectly. And then we obviously gave a, penalty in a another non-dangerous spot which is i think Mm -hmm. the third penalty in four games we gave against players in non-dangerous positions which is just the most frustrating fucking thing in the world um and then after that it was a cheap uh, sissoko not running a get man and a very weak shot to the near post that hugo has to do better against and then of course the whole back line falls asleep going to want to get it's a great pass by ederson because he's really fucking good. But I think that I think again, and it's three nil and it's over because once city sits back on you, you've got no chance against them in the form they're in. But, and I think like we're all, I think there was a lot of frustration out of this match because it was like, Oh, we barely attacked. We barely were able to do anything. But I think you really need to take into account who the opponent was this time. It was the best team in the league in the best form anyone's had in any situation all season. Um, they're firing on all cylinders. Like the way they snuffed out counterattacks was r- incredible. The way that Gundogan plays and how they can keep the ball in midfield with Bernardo, the way that uh, Sterling just tore Ben Davis to pieces, absolute pieces, couldn't do a thing with him. Oh, he, there was one sequence where, that, like, I thought our center backs, like, we talk about Dyer and Sanchez. Like, for the most part, our center backs were pretty solid today. They made some great blocks. I think they won a lot of aerial duels, which you expect against City, but it was still good to see. And, like, aside from uh, Davinson, like, falling on his face, though, to be fair, he did fall on his face <laughs> trying to make that shot. Like, that'll that'll, I that'll get it, mentioned. I, I, I got was, a little bit about that later. At least you tried again. It was, it's, it's such a – I mean, it's such a – it's poor him because that's been shown anywhere and everywhere. But, like, he did everything he could to try to make sure that that didn't go in after losing his balance. But, like, I think more of the defensive errors were on other people than the center backs themselves, really. Um, and if you consider, like, the amount of chances that City got in the games we beat them, like, I, didn't, I don't think they had as many this time. Like direct chances. I think those games you saw better goalkeeping from Hugo, who was been on fire. He saved a penalty in the two nil against them at home last season. So like it's those differences. I think this game was more down to Mourinho was just being played he was just playing against a team that's far better than us. And that's why they won. Well, kind of like what you're saying, Nathan, uh it's tough to maintain possession and get into the groove when the midfield isn't retaining the ball as much as they should be or are expected to be, or even the whole team not making passes you'd expect from professional footballers, because it's difficult when, like what you were saying, Manchester City's counterattack on our going forward was so good. 
they they picked up the ball, they just moved so freely and they flowed so well that it's tough when secondly that we don't that we as well Spurs uh don't feel like they probably can go at City as much, especially because and I don't want to blame the referee, but I'm saying that Oh but it, but it's but it's, but it's but it's difficult when the referee the the center referee and sometimes ARs call something at the drop of the hat when it's a it's a contact sport. Football is a contact sport and you could tell like you mentioned Davis Nathan and you could tell he he got very timid 20 30 minutes into the game because Manchester City they knew that they could take us on in the way that, oh, I'm just going to drop right now and we'll get a free kit or we'll get the penalty from that Rodri scored. And so I think it's difficult on those two parts where, one, we're not, we Spurs are not playing as efficiently and effectively as they can be. And two, it gets in our heads, in Spurs' heads, that they can't, play a contact sport when they think that they might get carded or that they might have a foul go against them, which gets the opponent into a better opportunity to score a goal. And so I think, I think that's, there are two points that are difficult that really, really didn't went very in a disadvantageous position for Spurs for the city match. Yeah, um, I was going to agree with what, uh, well, actually, I have something to agree with on what both of you said. The first one was with Nate. We played really well the first 20, 25, 30 minutes until that penalty. And I know we probably don't want to spend a lot of time focusing on that because it's bygones and there's nothing we can do about it. But I, I will die on the hill that that should not be a penalty because Gundawan took that ball in. He tried to, to cut and switch it back. He lost his footing. So he stuck his right foot out and Hoy, like right in front of Hoybia. He literally tripped Pierre on that, and Pierre gets called for the, the I, penalty. I totally agree the, with you. He he, yeah. his foot went towards Hoybier rather yeah. than the other. Hoybier did not put a foot out in any way to try and get. I mean, the, he didn't do all. He was doing was running to close out his man. So I, I'm sorry, but that shouldn't be a penalty. And I I know why it was called, but it shouldn't be. Bottom line, so Rick, I don't dis- Yeah, go ahead, Tommy. Sorry, I don't disagree with you on that. But here's the thing. When it went back to VAR and they looked at it and they already called it a penalty, like, how are they going to overturn that? That's the well, they, they often don't because the referee on the pitch made the decision already. Right. And so often VAR officials don't overturn because they, the official on the field has more authority. Right. right. And I think the, the rules are so vaguely laid out, right? Like, they, don't, they need to have better operational definitions about... Mm-hmm. A foul or a penalty has to come when somebody is initiating con. You know, you've got an attacking player, and when the defensive player initiates the contact, that that's a potential foul or penalty. But when the offensive player, you know, like jumps into a guy, you know, or sticks his leg out in front of a guy, what was he? The question is, what was Pierre supposed to do? There was nothing he could have done to avoid that. It, it's not. Oh, yeah. it, it can't it be was, a foul. It just can't. He just. And what I wrote in my notes is that he just happened to be there which is kind of the case, yeah. but 
side note, did anybody watch Six Nations yesterday? Ireland and France. No, I don't mm-hmm. watch rugby. Okay. I'm That's not fine. A pompous brat. I'm just kidding. Thanks. <laughs> no, because the point I was trying to make was when I watched I it. Watch. Yet, I or when I was watching it yesterday. Like you know, the ref is mic'd up. So yeah, like, they have mic'd up. Talks, that is really cool about rugby. I will I, say that. I kind of wish they did that for soccer, just because because it's like, like whether it be VAR or penalties, like we don't know. Like there's so many the lines are so blurred. Well, that they we don't in, know what's going on. They have that in Australia in the Australian league as well. Like the age. Imagine Greg like, Boston, Boston mic'd up. Yeah. Like yeah. think about it. Greg Pawson, like, there, there please was, don't get mad at me! Like, just him saying there, that over But there would be accountability. If, oh, yeah. If supporters, at least on TV, I don't know about in stadium if that is a possibility, but there'd be accountability for the referees. No, and it would lead call to... on the pitch. I don't, I don't necessarily think that, because what it could lead to is just more shit that we saw with Mike Dean this week, where people just threatened his family. Which is like, wholly uncalled for. And... Exactly. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. Yeah, it's more... The more trans... More transparency is never I don't know bad. what it is. I'm sorry. Something yeah, they not. need to do. Because so, there's VAR yeah. that, like, I don't remember complaining this much about VAR, like the world. Yeah. Or the this, rules are too vague. They, they have to yeah. have better operational definitions on their rules, and they just don't. Too much is subjective hey, and is allowed like, up to referee interpretation. in the NFL. Like, yeah. Who knows? Oh, yeah. It's it happens catch. in every sport. So, what it reminded me of is when, like, go ahead. It reminded me of a guy that's like, does a, a pump fake in the NBA on a three-point shot and then leaps directly into the defender, and they give the foul every time. Oh, I hate that. didn't do anything wrong. Yeah, it's, For, like, it's Reggie not, Miller or Kobe Bryant yeah, sticking their leg out for contact. So I'm just, like, oh. Right. Yeah. But really any, anyway, people are going to hear a bitch about that penalty all night. So um, the other thing I was going to mention earlier was Catherine absolutely pointed out correctly that Ben Davies started getting terrified by Raheem Sterling around 30 minutes into the game, and he got shredded. The set, the I guess the the good part of that is the reason that was happening. Sterling started on the other side and he right. tried to take on Tanganga three times, and mm-hmm. Tanganga was a brick wall who just oh, stood him right fantastic. up. He was so good, and you know here, you know, spoiler alert: guess who's going to be probably everybody's MVP? Which, you know, but also... when they switched Foden over there, he shut Foden down too. Tanganga was so good, they switched him over, and then poor Ben. You know, here, here's this, you know, he's a great backup. He's great mm-hmm. to fill in in a pinch. But he's I'm sorry, Ben Davies backup. has no hope of containing Raheem Sterling. And he's he was a good backup on rest. And that's the thing. This was exactly. after yeah. like 120 minutes against Everton mm-hmm. three yep. days ago, having to go against Raheem Sterling. And yeah. it's on, like, I give I give Ben Davies shit when he needs it. I can't give Ben Davies shit for dealing with no rest and dealing with Raheem Sterling. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but and, again, and it you brings can't me back to it... my initial point that it's just like, that's why I'm not looking too much into how we played on this game because of what we had to deal with. And, and I know people got mad that Mourinho said it, but I actually agree with him. Like putting that much energy in that tough FA Cup loss and then having to go to the best team in the country and one of the best teams in the world away. And I like it was always going to be hard. And then the way we gave up that first goal again just made it even harder because – I think we did everything right, and then it took a bunch, a little bit of bullshit, and it cost us. Um, I will say this, like, and you guys write about passing, and, and, and Rick, in this game, more than the Everton game, I'll give you the Lucas thing, and Lamella to an extent. They were both very poor on releasing the ball in times when we needed it. And it was nice to see that we had a little bit more link-up play late in the game when Bale and Delhi came on. 
Now there it's it's a little bit different because obviously at that point City's pretty much shutting up shop, so there's not as much forward play. And I think we know that Gareth Bale's not that great at going back, and Delhi is okay at it too. But they can both pass the ball. They could actually yeah. pass the ball, yeah. and we need that think, so fucking bad. <laughs> I think Delhi has so, just as much of a problem with indecisiveness as Lucas and Eric do, unfortunately. But I think when he makes that decision, he is better at it. So, right? Kat, no, what, and, uh, and what were you gonna? Better, you were gonna mention something? Oh well, I was gonna mention that it was kind of a joke comment, but you can tell that Tanganga would have had a good game because. His first match in Premier League play was against Liverpool, and he was lights out, even though we lost the game. And so he he shows up, Tanganga does, in big games like that against City is top of the league right now with like almost sixty points, I think. And so and they're like, I think they're like almost ten ahead now. Yeah, and and so even Maybe though they're really incredible, oh, you know that Tanganga is going to have that type of game against. A, a team that's so strong. For the record, they're ahead, uh, seven points ahead of United right now. Oh, really? Yeah. Even after the, With the game in hand, so, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They, have, they play Everton tomorrow, or Wednesday, I think. Maybe we'll get another Aguero moment. No, I think they're going <laughs> to, if that happens in March, maybe. <laughs> so maybe we'll get one in March. Yeah. If they uh, that remember when we thought this was going to be like a great title race, like not like four weeks ago, like there was like five teams that could have been in it, including us. And then all of a sudden, oh, it's City again. This season's been yep. so fucking weird, and that's yeah. why I also have to bring it up. Like you talk about the one twenty minutes. Look how Everton did. They lost at home to Fulham two nothing mm-hmm. after that one hundred and twenty minute game. So that's why, like, I came out of that game way less bothered than I did about the FA Cup game. Maybe it's because like. I've already resigned our fate that we're going to be kind of eighth in the league and the FA cup could have been something still, of course, guess who Everton drew with next round, the FA cup Manchester city. So that would have been annoying uh, there. And as much as I would love so to compete like, on all fronts, if we are going to lose, I like right. losing or fail fast. Right. And don't waste. We're already in an FA. We're already in a cup final. We're in the league cup final. Right, and it's like Europa League. Can we do Europa League and FA Cup? Probably not. Like desperately need those weeks off now. That'll okay. that's three game weeks, uh, you know, or three matches we won't have to play. And I, I, we need it. We need it. So I'm not. That's I was happy with what we at least attempted to do, and you know, I'm not that's too bummed that, that we're out. So, but but cool. yeah, it's just like, and it's maybe just us trying to find like glimmers of light and the kind of darkness that has been these last few weeks where we've had, I think, what is it? One win in like six or seven, but it's like, I think, I think you got to keep looking for that because otherwise it's just going to drive you insane. Like if you, everything going on, if you need a little encouragement, the ability for us to be together and kind of go through these match days together, which we talked about how important that is. Like you got to try to look for your Jaffa Tengagas in a field of Ben yeah. Davies. I and I know I'm looking that, way too much into insane. the future. I'm looking way too much in the future, but I'm like I'm kind of like you. I'm resigned to the fact we're not gonna qualify for a Champions League unless if we win the Europa League, of course. Hang, which I hang still in think there, man. Could, Look, but, a month and a half ago, City was in disarray. Manchester right, City like, was in disarray, dropping points to teams they have no business dropping points against. And then look what happens: they lose their best player. And they're playing the best football of anybody yeah. all season. So, 
but, there's well, a certain synergy here that, that can still happen. There's a bizarreness of this we, season. Right. It is, yes. yeah. Yes. I mean, synergy, we, we put like, it together earlier. To we can put it back together again. So well, I just... Yeah. I mean, I'll just say this. Well, I'll, say, I'll finish off my thought about that, then I'll continue what you were saying, Rick. Is that I'm excited already about next season because I can't wait for Skip to actually play. Because he's proven his worth in the championship. <laughs> so I'm like, we can finally give Hoiberg a little bit of a rest. But I know I'm thinking too far ahead. But like with this, with City, it's it's clear right now we don't have we have a decent amount of players, but we don't have the actual depth that they have. So that concerns me. If we like, I mean, I'll reevaluate my opinion on this once the Celso or if he ever comes back. I don't know. He he might be Lamella too, as far as I know. But and if once Regulon comes back, I mean, things could be different, but. As of right now, I'm not holding my breath when it comes to us potentially getting like well, fifth I mean, or sixth. I saw, I do, I think, right, yeah, I think these guys make a big difference because I think, like, one of the things we see with some of these replacement players, and I mentioned it about Davies, how he, like, that left back spot is kind of an outlet for us trying to build the ball out of the back, and it just doesn't work with him there. It works when Reggion's there, and Reggion can play with Sun there. It works great. And another person that is a great outlet in midfield and a place that like Ndombele for all his great things he does, he doesn't show for the ball as much as I'd like him to. Lacelso does do that. Lacelso will show for the ball and try to build it up forward more than Ndombele does. And I think we're missing those tremendously. Even Aurier is able to do that in a way that Doherty can't or Dinganga can't. I um, think speaking so, of him, is he injured now? Or uh, yeah. What's- yeah, he okay. got hurt after sure. the uh, West Brom game. He had to come off early, and he's still not back. Oh, yes. I think he was on the bench, so he'll be back. Okay. And Reggion's going to be back this coming week too. Ooh, so going to have glad our, you mentioned that. Our, kind of our best fullback options, which will be nice because we haven't had those consistently for a long time. Mm-hmm. So it'll be great to have that back, and who knows when the Celso comes back, but at least we're going to have one person coming in. And sometimes that's all it can be, just to flip a switch. Um. We're having these games. We're having Wolfsburger, and then, I mean, it's tough with West Ham, but the next four Premier League games compared to our most recent stints are much more forgiving. I wouldn't write us off entirely yet just because of how bizarre this season's been. Well, I I like your weird optimism, even though you kind of (laughs) were on a doubter earlier, but I'm okay with that. You know, you talk yourself back. That's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to feel like shit initially and then kind of – walk your way through it or like kind of with uh hoiberg maybe we're getting all these players back talking him off of a cliff right now we'll see hopefully he can get some rest yeah oh god that would be nice uh but do we have any final thoughts before mvp lvp i'll take this down as a no okay so i'm going to start again as rick said his mvp is tenganga i already wrote mine down i am in more than agreement i thought he played very well I still don't think the right back is his preferred spot, of course. Center back. I would, I mean, I want to see him play center back, but we'll see. But uh, and I would say, out of, yeah, he was a shining spot compared to everybody else. So, yeah. Who wants yeah, to go I'm next? same. Joffet for me. Easy. Cool. The way he carried the ball up the field was nice to see. <laughs> Dude's got so much swagger in him. I love him. That was the other thing. I. He had command. Like, I, I've kind of been, like, weary on Dyer. Like, when, we, you know, Toby and Jan were paired together. Like, they had command of the back line. My, 
my uh, sentimental favorite, Michael Dawson. He had command. Oh, he, Leslie King, they had command of the back line. They knew how to direct. Like, I, I think Tadganga has that as well. So, let's see how he – I mean, hopefully he gets more playing time compared to what he has been recently. So, mm-hmm. Catherine, what do you got? I guess I'll go with Tanganga, but I like I I was so angry and a little dismissive of that game that I don't really remember much because I was just watching out of pure just masochism of being a Spurs fan. Wow! That <laughs> that I was thinking, okay, I'll just watch for this this podcast. So I don't really have oh, no. an MVP or an LVP. Okay, I'll mark you as none. But, uh, Catherine's just Catherine is suffering. It's just but, uh, full suffering it? mode. We're we're no, her I... MVPs for being her snark table uh, yes. solace. Yeah. Okay. Not gonna lie, you, the way the way you described reading or watching the game was like me reading books for class in high school. I could read it and not tell you what happened, but that's another story for another time. <laughs> LVP. Um, actually, I, okay. So Nate, I think he already said he had Hugo. Yes. Rick had Hugo. 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 Yep. yep. Catherine had no one. Because well, she didn't I, if, much. if I have somebody, Hugo though. Okay, we got Well, we don't okay. have a clean sweep. Okay, but um, there was that. There, there was at one point, and yeah. I wrote this down because it was a ridiculous comment. The commentators on the the second city goal said, "quote Such a good goal." And I wrote down, um, Larissa didn't even know what to do and became robotic and then just let the ball go in. It was fell down. It's like it was that, not a good goal. It's like goal. that gif of that robot goalie like diving so late yeah, and the ball's it, like already in the net. It like, wasn't it was, a good goal. It was an average goal with a good goalkeeper who's underperforming. Yeah. yeah. And Catherine, funny you mentioned that because this is, aside from the third goal uh, screw up, Sanchez is my LVP, and I know you guys have different opinions. I'm okay with that. But the reason why I chose Sanchez because of the second goal. Mm. Hugo was part of the problem because he's the last line of defense. But Gundogan was surrounded by Dyer and Sanchez, and they just stood there. Nobody ever tried to stick a leg in or do anything. I'm like, what the hell are you doing? Hold on. You you want to disagree with Nate or should I? Yeah. The guy who left Gundogan was not either of those guys. Sanchez was squaring up Foden. It was Sissoko that just let him walk past him. That's not Sissoko and, more and than And even I, though he let him go, I want to point out, Hoybier was right there closing him, and Dyer also had an angle so that he could not have flashed across Hugo. So all Hugo had to do was protect his near post and stick yeah. his foot out. So don't blame anybody for that goal other than Hugo. It is one hundred percent on Hugo. Yeah, I can't. I can't goal. agree with. I, I got to get this in because, I, I, yeah, we we got. They should have played yakety sacks when they showed that. Third that, that man. The way that I've seen the it. way that Sanchez corkscrewed himself into the ground and then face planted, like not almost face planted. Like hit the ground first with his yeah. face, he got so turned around. Well, the reason that he did is that was trying to block the shot on blooper head. reels forever. I feel so was bad it, for that. Oh. Rick, was, was it filled with a? Uh, was it also on cute animals with filled with a wide angled lens? <laughs> it could be. 
play the Benny Hill music, talk about whatever right? you want. That it was, I, I watched it over and over, and it just never gets any less funny. Although, if you oh, know, that was a South so Park painful. reference. They played Yaki Sacks in the back with a bunch of dog clips. I, I think it just gets sadder, and I don't want to watch it. Yeah. Okay, you know, but side note, though, I am going to look at that second goal again. I'll reserve judgment, but um, Hugo had the clean sweep it or. But it was it was a Hugo votes. three to one. Yeah, so I'm like, it, my vote didn't really matter in the, the actual LVP. But mm. okay, so we had a very long first half of 63 minutes. But for our halftime, we have Captain Sorry, back. <laughs> so what what do you got for the Spurs women update? Well, I am back with Spurs women. And although the WSL had a bit of a winter break, there's some bits and bobs to talk about. So last time I left you was a few weeks ago, and Spurs women had an upcoming match against Chelsea. Unfortunately, they lost that game 4-0 on the 31st of January, but there were some positive notes to take from the recent matches, including the note that once Coach Rianne Skinner took over, Spurs women won three games on the bounce before losing to that aforementioned match against Chelsea. Uh, also, the club loaned announced on the 21st of December that Alex Morgan, who was on loan until the end of 2020, was expected back in the U.S. as her Spurs woman tenure was completed. However, a few weeks later, on January 7th, the club announced that Morgan's teammates teammates from Orlando City, Shalina Zadorsky and Alana Kennedy, had their loans converted into permanent transfers. The fact that Spurs women have more talent and experience on the team for, for good now well, at least until the end of the season, is great news. Also in January, just a few weeks ago, former assistant coach with the Wales women's national team, Lauren Smith, joined Spurs Women as assistant coach under Skinner. A few days after that announcement, the club had another announcement. This one was that Manchester United's Abby McManus signed on loan for the rest of the season. And of course, what is also exciting news is that Tottenham Hotspur as a club have both South Korean men, men's and women's captains. So along with Sun Hyung Min on the men's side, Cho So Hyun, I think I'm saying that correctly, has joined the women's team. Also, I should mention that Manchester United's Casey Stoney eventually was awarded the title, uh, although Rian Skinner had been rightly nominated for the Super League Manager of the Month for December 2020. And then turning our attention to recent matches and up- upcoming matches, on the 6th of February, Spurs women lost to Aston Villa 1-0. This match, as the cl- as head coach Rianne Skinner mentioned in an interview with the club journalist, said, we didn't play our game at the start of the game, so we gave too, many, too much time and space to Aston Villa. She also mentioned that the team didn't do the basics well enough, which is a bit damning for those on the pitch, but also a, a source of encouragement that Skinner recognizes the actions of play that need to improve, including getting to pockets of space and utilizing the talent on the pitch, as well as dominating, dominating possession and breaking the opponent's lines. After the Aston Villa match, the team was set to play Bristol City on the 10th of February, but alas, that match was postponed due to a frozen pitch that was deemed unsafe for play. The next scheduled matches for Spurs women in the Women's Super League are on the 28th of February at home against Everton and the 7th of March at Brighton. And lastly, I should mention at the time of recording, Spurs women are 8th out of the 12th team table. And that's probably where the team is expected to be. However, I think it'd be really great to push and break forward into those 
maybe fourth, fifth, or sixth places in the table. But that's all for me. As always, feel free to message me on Twitter at Katherine Rupp for Spurs or Spurs Women content. And now back to our scheduled program. Thanks, Catherine. Much appreciated. You're welcome. So, uh, good to know that they have the same shit weather we're having right now, too. Frozen. Frozen pitches and snow. Yes. Yes. Oh, well, actually, it's above freezing right now. It will in London. Oh, lucky them! Bloody I know. But uh, where are you? Okay, so second half, we got games that we're going to preview against Wolfsburger and West Ham. And Nate actually brought it up. We were well. What is it? Ah, Christ. So uh, and the baking uh, be a bunch of symbols. <laughs> I, don't, I, I couldn't tell you what that was. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. But uh, she asked how we're going to cope when we can't get together and make fun of our miserable existence as Spurs fans. Um, Nate, to bring up, we did cover that. So hopefully the pandemic ends and we can bitch about it together in person eventually. Yeah, and I miss we're doing, fans baking We're doing it right now. That but is also, true. Also, I think that question has some merit for just the Spurs supporters population in general because so many people don't have a supporters group like Chicago Spurs or like uh, fill-in-the-blank Spurs in their city. And so so many people have been turning to Twitter, but there's not the nuance. There's so much more nuance in person that you don't get on Twitter that you lose a lot of the conversation and so oh, yeah. I, I think it will be important once we get back to quote unquote normal times, because like I miss going and chatting with all of you in person. It's different mm-hmm. than having a podcast or right. just, even just going to a game or having a pint at a pub with somebody. It's so much, there's so much more of a, a familial and familiar feel to a Spurs conversation in person or on the phone or something rather than just via a text message or something. And so I do think that uh, her question does merit some, some conversation. Because yeah. No, it, how, it is. It's, how do we, how do we? Yeah. You know, when you think about, when you think about when we've been in these types of kind of bad runs before, you know, we, and we did touch on this a little bit, but you know, even if we played terribly on any given day, we always knew we were going to hang out together and we were maybe going to go have some lunch afterwards and it was going to be a good day, right? One, one way or the other. And now that we're all kind of disconnected from each other and we can't get together, it, it makes the desire to watch and the watching of the match hard right like I, I would get why people might not even want to watch right now I can get I can get oh, yeah. why people wouldn't have wanted to watch that Man City match because you knew what was going to happen before it even started so without kind of having that positive reinforcement you know on the end of it and there you know, are so going many through things it, that that you lose when you you're not together in person whether at a match which I was thankfully able to go to many of them when I was living on over in England or also when you're watching a match but at a, a at a official supporters group because you have that conversation and you might miss something that somebody else 
sees and then you might see something that somebody else misses. And so I think there is that aspect of watching matches and especially with Spurs now that there's so much back and forth with Spurs play well and then we play a bit terrible and then well again and then great and and so on and so forth that I think everyone's kind of missing that that feeling right now that we just kind of want to be together and enjoy each other's company and have a pint of beer and talk about what what just happened because it's it's hard to do that in your own mind and or online yeah and I, i think even beyond what it how difficult it is for us to support i gotta think it's really difficult like how do you break out of a rut like this you know if you add 66 000 fans you know really grumbling for poor performances like that galvanizes the team right like that's direct feedback to them that's motivation mm-hmm. and that motivation is missing right now so it feels like when you get caught in these ruts it could it could go a lot longer right like it it just feels like you know just more evidence that when we can be together it, it's better and uh now that we can't it just it changes the dynamic and it makes everything a lot harder for us and for the team you know, I've been a, I've been a Chicago I've been a Chicago Fire fan for the better part of a decade now, and if you know anything about them, you know they've been consistently the worst team in MLS. And the only reason they haven't been relegated is because MLS doesn't do relegation. Um, they're that There's, bad. There, there are other teams like Vancouver. <laughs> yeah, but they've at least made, they had Alfonso Davies like for a little bit. Since, so they had Cincinnati's some, not doing great. Cincinnati are just they're, started. They're a newer actually, team. Though. I went to an away day to see the Fire lose to Cincinnati on penalties <laughs> after 120 minutes. So you can't even say that. And I saw them beat the Fire at home a couple years ago. And I actually uh, bought New, brought, New uh, Sam that game. <laughs> New England beat us in the U.S. See, we can do this forever. Now we're oh. talking too much about this. No one cares about <laughs> <that>. Um <laughs> But, like, it, all those shitty games don't matter as much when you have a great group of people to watch with. And I found a great group of friends to watch Chicago Fire with. And it's the same thing with Spurs. It's the same thing with um, with having that. And so losing that and going through a poor run of performances just kind of makes everything just a little bit worse. Because you don't have that escape. You don't have that good feeling regardless of result. You had a day out with your friends or you talked to your friends and stuff like that. Um, so, so it's just important to remember that. That it's – like I feel like even before we went into a really big slump, anytime we lost, it felt like the end of the world. And it, it really isn't. Like, I mean for as bad as what I've got down on the team in this in this pod and, and how Rick has and Tommy and even Catherine talking about that Mad City game and how – full-on masochism which was i don't know if i'd go that far but fair play to that um it's it could turn around in a moment it really could like that's that's what happened especially for how weird the season is um and all you could take is one spark it could just take a regular coming back it could take a good performance again in the europa league to just bring things kind of back so do not totally despair and just remember the good feelings you had when you were able to kind of deal with these losses together with the people you care about that watch Spurs too. Um, and with that, let's go on to talking about Wolfsburger, shall we? Yes. Thank you again, Nasty Nate. Um, so, Wolfsburger, they are in the Austrian Premier League, I guess. Let's, uh, uh, 
They're Sorry. Tommy sounding very authoritative left. there. Yes. Yeah, I know. I'm I'm a bad man. Okay, so they're actually six in the Austrian Bundesliga. Oh yes. Fuck. Where is? I don't even. Oh, there's yeah, there's six right now. Twenty four points, even with even with WSG Wattens. Red Bull Salzburg shocker is top of the league. But more about the game. We're playing on what Thursday, February eighteenth, twenty twenty one. So if you do the math, that's in three days. It will be at eleven fifty five Chicago time on CBS All Access. In or in a month, Paramount Plus. In the UK, it'll be on at 5.55 UK time. And if you want to watch it there, it's on BT Sport 2. So we got two legs. We are in the round of 32, if my memory serves me correctly. They're kind of middle of the road right now. So we're a little bit lucky with that. So I would like to think there is some turnover or rotation, at least. I'm looking at uh, the physio room, um, sir, or as Nate said, Surge and Serge Ori and Sergio Regulon, they are slated to be returning on the 18th, potentially. If not, maybe we'll see them at West Ham. But I don't know if I want to get them a run out maybe for a few minutes here and there. But I don't know. What are you guys' thoughts, whether it be squad, see how things go? I mean, I think I think we're going to play a little more open compared to what we were previous or previously. Nate, what do you I think I think you're going to definitely see a more squad rotated team just because we, we need guys desperately need rest and Dom like can't start again like like um it's I, I don't want Ben Davis even to play so I mean if it's Reggion or Sirkin be damned I don't oh, know yeah, just would be something um just because like these guys just are it's just it's just too many games. Hoiberg, I don't. I want honestly. It's Wolfsburger. I want a Winks and Sissoko midfield because we, the guys just desperately need the time. Um, so that's what I'm looking looking for this game. And to be honest, and I don't want this to bite me in the ass, but like we beat Lask with a backup team, six three on aggregate. And that that three three game was more on having a horrible performance by Joe Hart, which to be fair he'll probably be in goal, so we can't discount that happening again. But they are last or third in the Austrian league. Wolfsburg are sixth, so this is a team that's worse than Lask in the, in domestic competition on paper at least. And, and last on paper and last we handle it. So I'm like I think like I want Vinicius to play. I'd like to see a, a bail uh, start. Like that's the kind of that's the kind of people that need to be playing in this game for me. For Delhi as well. Yeah, Delhi. Unless I want Delhi yeah. starting on Sunday, which yeah. I kind of that's, do. It's, it's, yeah, I think the lineup kind of picks itself based on who needs some rest, right? Sonny needs some rest. Um, you know, we we need to. Yeah, that's what we need to do. No matter who we put out there, we need to be able to beat this kind of a team. You know. Well, and and I looked at their statistics. I don't know if you guys did, but I did. I did my homework. <laughs> And it doesn't look like they actually wow their opponents because even when they do win, because they often have like a 3-2 win or a 2-1 win, kind of like what we'll talk about in a little bit with West Ham. But with uh, Wolfsburger, uh, Dejan Jovulik is their top forward who's played 17 games and scored only eight goals. And then after him, it's... uh, Michael Lindell with 17 matches and four goals, and Alil Peretz with 10 matches and four goals, and then their other, four, like more most prolific forward after Jovulik 
is Bazinger with 16 matches and three goals. And so with eight goals, four goals, four, four goals, and three goals, that's not a lot. And so you so would hope that. Out. So you would hope that Spurs would, similar to what you guys have been saying, do like a Winks Sissoko pairing. Even though I know a lot of people hate that, I don't. I don't like it in particular, but at least there is some some push forward with Sissoko, and then Winks he'll just you know pass laterally. Uh, but <laughs> but with with Wolfsburger though. If they're not scoring that much, at least maybe we'll have a little bit of a of an attacking uh, group go forward and look to score more goals than they than they do and get three points, maybe, maybe. Oh, oh Catherine, <laughs> going further with your point, I saw that they had in their group they were second to Dinamo Zagreb. They had ten points, but they only had one. Plus one in goal differential. Mm-hmm. And then in the Bundesliga, Austrian Bundesliga, they're at a negative three. So, they're not, have to not very prolific in their attack. Yeah, so I would say, and definitely we should be able to score goals with relative ease. I use that term loosely, of course. Just yeah, so. just just put right. in Vinicius and and Regulon if he's back and Sissoko, Winks, uh put in Delhi, put in uh Loselso if he's back. I don't like just kind of pad that the the attacking yep. line and yeah. and see how we go with it. And then you have you have substitutes, make use of them. I think we have five this is a yeah, I'm sure everybody, he's like listening you... right now, so so he can he can get my my point of view. Yeah, like everybody's been saying, they're sixth in the Austrian league, which is several levels below the Premier League. You don't need to overthink this. Rest the people who need rest. Get some okay. game time to the people who need game time. If you're trying to sharpen anybody up, roll you know roll a couple of kids in there if you want to give them a little bit of time. Dane Scarlett just made a you know made his mm-hmm. Premier League debut on the bench, perhaps. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So. So, you know, just this is an opportunity to do that. It's the first leg. It's being played in a neutral venue because of the uh, lockdown. Oh, yeah, they're playing in Austria. Austria, So, yeah, Yeah, there's no reason not to, you know, use this as an opportunity to get well, you know, in in multiple areas right now. And and maybe get uh, some of your folks that are coming off of injury. I don't know if Reggian would start necessarily. I think you got to be careful. And his first game back, letting him go too far or playing with some, you know, less disciplined teams. But certainly a good chance to maybe get him twenty or thirty minutes, um, yeah. you know, to come in towards the end. So that's that's kind of what I would be looking to accomplish out of this game. Nate did bring up the point of Dennis Serkin, though. I, I mean, it would seem a little irresponsible to throw him in the deep end and have him start. But this this is not the deep end. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, no, Rick, you make a great point the, with the, the, the fact only, the only shallower lets. end is Marine. So right, it's you know. too less, which is important to think about because. That is the kind of thing where if we if we somehow mess up and maybe lose a goal, we still have a home leg against them. We could go right. out if we need to. So like you obviously you don't want that to happen, but like I mean I guess Ben Davies could play again if we know Reggion's going to start against West Ham, but like still that's just it's just tough. And I guess Saturday or Thursday is a decent amount of rest. This is kind of the biggest break we've had in a long ass time. If you think about it. Um, Actually, here's a food for thought. Um, so we're playing Wolfsburg this Thursday. Play West Ham, then we'll go Wolfsburg again at home. We got another home game against Burnley. 
So, say if we're down 2-0 in the first leg, we can easily recoup that and still put out a competitive side against Burnley in theory. I just hope so. we have... I just hope one of the Tottenham players has an amazing goal because we'll be playing at Puskas Arena and maybe they'll get a Puskas award. We already got something. one of those. Maybe Puskas yeah. award winner will score at, another goal. Sonny needs some rest, but maybe we could bring him on late just to right? score a goal since he's it, the uh, holder. It would just be poetic justice if you know, it'd be Spurs justice. had somebody getting a Puskas award with having been played at Puskas Arena. Yeah, it'd be an homage, if anything. Right. But Nate, I think what do you got? would be um, us putting them in the ground like Franz Ferdinand got put in the ground, the oh former gosh. archduke we're not, of the we're Austrian not doing a world Aryan Empire. Habsburgs be damned. <laughs> Habsburgs be damned, Catherine. Are, Are you trying saying to we're going to not having the Austrian, Austria, Austro-Hungarian Empire come back? Not in my lifetime. Thank you. I, mean, very I, much. I, I just love World War One references because it's Franz Ferdinand. I did. And, Nate, not the truth, World War One reference, and then I did like a Napoleonic era <laughs> reference. Just to should, kind of keep going. Nate, are are you saying that we should take Wolfsburger out? Get out of yeah, here. Yeah, I'm glad you I, I'm glad you got that. Yeah. Now, now is the time that I can log off, right? No. Why no. don't you walk away, Catherine? Why yeah. don't you walk away? I didn't I didn't mean it earlier. I meant it now. That's another friends for a net song, by the way. Walk away. Yeah. I didn't get that. <laughs> yeah. You're all or, evil uh, and heathens. I don't maybe the, maybe we're gonna put a fire out. Or put a fire into that game, and it's going to be out of control. Okay, should should we go to? Yeah, Pernet? okay, that's it. No yeah, okay, more, fine. No more Franz Ferdinand music. Anyone still listening? Which I don't think they will be. Yeah. This yeah, is a really long podcast. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, let, yeah, let's do predictions then. Who wants to go first? Don't be shy. I wrote I wrote one down, so I'll go. Okay, go now. I'll go with a two-one win. Okay. And goals coming from Lucas and Bergvine. Uh, ah, Bergvine's not going to score. You, oh, side note. So, you know, for last week, I think it was Joe or somebody was like, yeah, Bergvine's probably going to score next or on, against Everton. I actually put that in my prediction. And, of course, he gets subbed at halftime. Go figure. Uh, it's, it's, it, it's, he Europa well. League, though. it's Europa League. It's Europa League. He always plays well and nothing shows yeah. him, isn't it? Isn't that just so convenient um you i i Be actually my prediction all you want i don't care i actually also was gonna have two one um so no i agree with you it's just bergvine's <laughs> not smart just i think it's gonna be i think it's gonna be vinicius and uh gareth bale because it's not a premier league game and he scores in not premier league games so i guess he's got one in all competitions so they're not really fair but still i think i think he's gonna score this this game and I think we will, unfortunately, not be able to keep a clean sheet because we just can't do that. We just we don't do clean sheets. Oh. And I'm gonna, I, uh, I, I'm gonna go, oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go four one. I, I think we Ooh. we've been playing a little bit better lately, and uh, I, I think we're gonna you know the the level of competition that we're going down to. We really should. We're gonna be highly motivated after this bad week we've had. I just think it's it's gonna come together, and we're gonna. The, the relative gulf in class between the two teams will be evident. 
I'm going to say Bale with two, Vinicius with one, and uh, I don't know, Dele with another one. That'd be great. Love it. Okay, Four okay so exactly what the doctor ordered. What I did was actually meet everybody halfway. I predicted a three-one win. Um, I yeah. In terms of a shutout, I don't think it's going to happen. Especially is probably going to be likely that well, a since Hugo's kind of been on a not so great streak lately. Joe Hart can kind of be there just to break it up. And because of that, Joe Hart's not the greatest, so he will give up a goal. Um, and I predict, and what did I say? 3-1, so I predicted Deli Ali, Carlos Benicius, and Steven Bergvine. I mean, he's got to score eventually, right? Hey, somebody else says Bergvine. Yeah. But, uh, okay, so next up is our a North-slash-East London Derby, or Derby as the cool kids Just a say. London Derby. Just London. Okay. London, <laughs> London so, en- Enfield against Stratford. Uh, so, we're playing against West Ham. We're playing at the Olympic Stadium, which we tried to tear down and rebuild. It wasn't meant to be, of course. Sunday, February 21st, uh, 6 a.m. I checked the listings for NBCSN. It didn't say anything, so let's presume it's going to be on Peacock. And it's going to be at high noon in the UK. It's going to be on Sky Sports Main Event slash Sky Sports Premier League. As of right now, they are in fifth place only because of goal differential. Um, They have only goal differential of nine goals, um, and they have seven less than Chelsea, which are in fourth place. Right now we're in ninth place, so, I mean, West Ham, they're always going to be up for it. They, because they take it more seriously, but they've been doing pretty well, unfortunately. So I don't know. This this will be more analytical compared to Wolfsburger. But who wants to go first? I'll Nate? talk because I love to do it. Um, this is the best West Ham team I've ever seen in my life, and they don't play a striker, which makes it even weirder because they've been trying to buy a striker for years and they never got it. And they just said, fuck it, we'll play Antonio up there, and it's worked. Fuck it, we'll buy Jesse Lingard. He's got like four goals for them in two games already. Like, they finally bought well. They, they, I mean, that's, that's it. They've, they've been buying like terrible for years and years and years. Like, everyone they bought has been a bust. And then they finally bought some good center backs, brought in Craig Dawson, which is a, might be the signing of the season for them. Um, he's been so great in defense for them. Jared Bowen looks really good. He's a guy we had our eye on for a little bit. He's kind of fitting them well. And then their best, I think they're kind of most one of the most underappreciated players in the league, Suchek, is fantastic in the midfield. He does both defense and attack. He's fantastic for them. And Antonio is playing not just lights out against Spurs. Now he plays lights out against most teams, uh, which has been a huge because he, he's always good against us. But now he's putting it together against the rest of the league. Um, and, and already it looks like it's like David Moyes is like, oh, I remember how I coached at Everton. And now he's been able to do it again after kind of years and wandering around the desert. Uh, he's kind of figured out redemption going yeah, on. Yeah, No, it's fantastic for them. I mean, if you're a West Ham fan and I've got a, I know, I know a couple and then it's not like here is not like there, like here, here, Arsenal fans and Chelsea fans are still for the most part, just dickish as hell. West Ham fans really aren't. There are all these people that like, um, What's that dude's name? Oh, I'm gonna mess it up. So never mind. Danny Dyer. Uh, no, it's it's a it's a it's a music music act. Fuck, this is gonna drive me crazy. The West Ham fans. Never mind. Um, I'm gonna have to think about it later. Um, it's just yeah, it it's it's not like that. They just they they're just very 
they're very quiet. So you don't have to hear them talking shit all the time. Maybe that's why. Yeah. But like, well, you should. They're just blowing you bubbles for... all the time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so you should, just, you should work for my company, Nate, because a, we have an right. office Wait. in East London, and whenever I have to go there, they talk all the time. So that's what I'm if, saying. If, like if the U.S. fans are, are I'm, nice I'm and polite. Sure I assure West you, the English are ones awful. are not. Yeah, yeah, the English ones are probably are awful people. I think we all know this. I just the American ones are really like the exact opposite. They're kind of like quiet and stuff like that. So I don't have as much of a hatred as I do with Arsenal Chelsea fans which are dickheads no matter what continent they're on. Um so so it's a little bit different with them, but <laughs> like it's really it sucks though because I hate being below them the same and we are. And that's the kind of way I'm approaching this game is like, despite all I just said, I still look at them and I still think they're still fucking West Ham. And which means I think we can take them. I don't care what kind of form they're in. I don't care if they're top of the league. I still think we can fucking take them, especially on the road where we seem to just get joy at their defeats consistently. Um, oh, Nate, Nate were you thinking of Iron Maiden? Uh, no. Billy Bragg is who I was thinking of. Oh, Okay. Oh, Billy side note Bragg about the fans, though. In 2016, um, uh, myself, uh, Scott, who was on last week, and our friend Andy, we stayed at Andy's friend's flat in Bo. I was told that's how you pronounce it. And that's actually in East London, West Ham territory. Like, we were at, like, one of the local pubs. There was some friendly banter, but they're actually, like, really nice to us. So, in terms of that, like, I don't – I have nothing against West Ham, of course. But Catherine, you had your hand up. What did you have to say? Yeah, well, I was going to say that, and I wrote some notes down before getting on the podcast, that I was going to say that despite some, they had a lot of ebbs and flows early in the season, even in their preseason. And I did go on their website, which I was, it's not a good website in the in the first place, but um, they they've gone very under the radar with their consistency and it's infuriating because one, it's West Ham and two, because, because they've been fairly low key and not as exciting as other teams, they've then become surprisingly in fifth place. Like how did this happen? Fourth. 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 Sorry. No, they're, they're fifth. They would be fourth. It wasn't for goal differential. No, I thought they were up there. Today they, they won. Today, are they four and a half? <laughs> they're, they're they're one. Uh, four they won today. All right. and, they're and they they're having a good blue. season. Yeah. Right. Well, wh- wherever they're at, either fourth or fifth at the time of recording, they've almost sneakily gotten there, and it's like Nathan, what you're saying, it's infuriating because because they have players who aren't incredible, like. Everybody in the top, the normal top four or five, six teams have incredible players. But they have Suchek, Antonio, they've now signed on Lingard on on loan, and he's gotten two goals in three games. And they have other people that I can't even think of right now. But Diop played lights out with against us last game. And they've been so strong and steady that now that it it is kind of like it, I'm not 
not anticipating this being a tough game, but it could be a tough game because they are playing so well with kind of average players. But I also don't want to say that they're average because they are doing well. Um, That they've been consistent and a constantly decent team too for years that, and, and don't get me wrong. They're not good. They're not great and certainly not amazing, but they, they've been so decent for years that it's kind of like, Oh, of course they're in top four, top five. Like they've just kind of surprised everyone. And, and I think that I'm anticipating this game against them to be more of a game of redemption for Spurs with the 3-3 match that yep. Spurs had the other. There, uh, there you go. The that, that's, and, and, that's and, it exactly... was such, and it was such a capitulation because it just all fell apart in the last 10 minutes that I think that Spurs will see how, how strong Tottenham Hotspur can be versus how strong West Ham United can be. Yep, I, I agree. It's you know normally I try and like overanalyze everything and you know really kind of nail down technical reasons for why things will happen, and I'm throwing that out the door with this West Ham match because a that 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 comeback is really when our season that had been flying so high really started to go off the rails, and when theirs picked up like that just lifted them up. So there'd be something very kind of poetic. There'd be something very that's poetic justice about us just going and just crushing the life out of them in this game. And I'm, I don't know if I'm going to predict a huge win, but I think we'll do that. And then the other part to me is how many times have the roles been reversed, right? Where we're up there really competing for big things and they're just, you know, mediocre in the middle of the table. And how many times did they get so up for it and just catch us off guard and, and upset them? And now it's our, it's our time to return that favor. So, I'm exactly. just using nonsense karma to no, make my choice. This is why I love you guys. All about really? narrative. Yeah. All about <laughs> narrative. Hang the tactics. Hang statistics. Bunch yep. of fucking spreadsheet pie nonces all. Get the fuck out of my face. <laughs> all I want is belief. The X's and O's are nothing but lettuce and tomatoes. The burger is about belief. And that's what I need to see from Tottenham in this game. Um, so that's what I'm hoping for. Then, then what's the bun? Or is this uh, a uh, the goal? Gluten, the, start and the, the start and the finish of the match. Okay. Oh, uh, you kind of took that somewhat literally. Because um, it's top and bottom and the beginning or end. <laughs> you want right. more transfer name references? Okay. We're running on fumes okay. here. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you should have heard us before I hit record, so. At least you're uh, my time right now. But uh, what was I going to say? Okay, yeah. I could, but yeah, since Nate said we're running on fumes, is there, does anybody have any parting shots or anything that they want to say before we go to predictions? Yeah, I'll take silence as a we're ready to proceed. Who wants to go first? 4-2 Tottenham. Oh, okay. Um, Harry Kane has a hat trick. And um, Delhi Ali gets one. Has a great performance. Um, also, unfortunately, um, we have a Hugo Lloris own goal. I'm just going <laughs> to throw that in there. Just because it can't all be sunshine. Um, 
<laughs> but well, yeah, no, I think, is, I think the game is played like, in London. I just, I don't, I don't care where it's being played. Um, we're gonna beat them, and it's gonna be great because we just need it. I need this. I'm, I'm trying to be. I'm gonna be positive here and say that there is a turnaround within this team. I don't know why I think that, but I just don't think we're at, we're seeing like end of era Mourinho yet. I think there is a turnaround, and it's gonna happen this week. Sounds good. Yep. I do yeah. like your optimism. I think we um, I think we give up an early goal just to get their hopes up and then we crush their spirit with like three. <laughs> so I'm gonna go three. Three in the final three minutes. minutes. <laughs> yep. Yeah, no, not not quite that. Not quite that dramatic, but uh yeah. It, well, uh, it has two, happened two before. For, two for Harry and one for Sonny. Son. Okay. Catherine, you wanna go or you want me to go? I'll go. Because I sure. just wrote mine down and it not that it'll happen, but similar to the one of the last uh, predictions, mine's kind of in the middle, and I'm thinking a three-two because oh, I, I, I want I want it to be super close to a three-three, and then just kill them, kill them, meaning West Ham at the death. Um, and so I think it'll be Kane, Delhi, and Regulon will come back and get a goal from the from the. Sideline, pretty much. Okay. Yeah. Actually, um, if I was going with my karma thing, I'm going to change mine to four-one, <laughs> and we're going to bring Delhi off the bench, and he's going to score a 35-yard Lanzini-esque screamer into Ooh. the top right corner, just to truly close the loop. On you know who you know who would end. really need to be the one to score that goal if it really closed the r- loop. It'd yeah, be Harry that- Winks. Harry Winks, who couldn't get out to cover him on that goal and had that horrible shot at the end of the Everton game. We didn't even talk about Winks. I just completely put Winks' worst 30-minute cameo ever out of my brain from that Everton game because he was terrible. Like he probably should have been LVP. I completely forgot about how bad he was. Somebody mentioned Winks. Somebody mentioned Winks, and I'm kind of glad that you didn't hear that. Because also, I I, I was just going to say that with West Ham, maybe a, a blimp will go over London Stadium and have it be lasagna will just rain from from the blimp. Raining lasagna. Yeah. yeah. See, there's all sorts of karma that we're due payback. Exactly. For here. Yeah, it goes back decades. Well, speaking of, well, I don't know if it's karma per se, but it's kind of going with what Nate said with the narrative. I'm pred- well. I originally predicted. Predicted three to two, but or Catherine took it, so I'll I'll predict two one with Kane and Son. But you can still predict three two. This Thank is like when you permission. get something on when you see something you want on the menu, but someone else orders it, so you oh, can't. Eat it's the worst. Yeah, I, you can I do serious it. Vibes. I feel yeah, like I such know, a poser don't. when I do that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, I'll Catherine already got the cheeseburger, so I'm going to order that broken glass. Yeah, that looks <laughs> yeah. Give me that non-filling salad, please. Uh, so I'll go with King's son and, and Domboy, I guess. Uh, but here's the narrative. Uh, so I've enjoyed in my – oh, God, I'm fucking old. In my 19 years of Spurs fandom, uh, many l- late winners – so, for example, the Paul Stalteri one, the one with Gareth Bale, the other one we had uh, 2016 with, oh yeah, Eric Dyer, that was in 2014. 
and then 2015 or 16, we had um, the King penalty where we scored the equalizer. Oh, shit. Now, now you're making me think that karma's on their side in this one. No, it's Crap. not. <laughs> they, they were well, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that we can close out the game with a, a late winner, whether it be Kane and Dombley or Son, because just... I don't. I mean, like I said, yeah, Western fans are nice and to me, but I'm like, <laughs> nice. It, it, it's it's fun to see them break their hearts a little bit. Like in 2007, when Alan Kerbishley just kicked his papers. Oh, such uh, great! I, I had a great laugh about it. It was awesome. So that's kind of why. I, um, I legitimately okay. want West Ham to qualify for Europa this year, just so they can get a rematch against Astra fucking Goo Goo. <laughs> you think about that like they couldn't make it past one qualifying round for the Europa we had to play like three teams like three three in a week and like two of them were away games in like the middle of nowhere Moldova but we did it and they couldn't beat one yeah. team at home yeah, it, you're, you remember how all night. the video in the stadium went out for a significant portion of the second half, and we were miraculously yep. ahead when it came back. Suspiciously, yeah, I'd be suspicious. <laughs> oh, I don't even remember this. But yeah, okay. So since so. we're about to finish everything up, anybody have any final or parting thoughts to end the star uh, table? Uh, we're we're at I the. Think- yeah, we just, I, think, I think we kind of hit. We, <laughs> They're all three of us. Not all at once. Yep. We're, we're at bottom. <laughs> Rick, it's time go to go first. back up. So, yep. We're, we're headed back up. We can't go lower. So <laughs> things are coming it? up. Things are coming up, Millhouse. <laughs> Maybe. I'll just say if we dressed Harry Winks in a chicken suit and dropped him from the skywalk, do you think we'd lift the curse of Tottenham? <laughs> no. Really? Oh, what do you what do you sink or flop? Maybe just a, what about just a normal chicken? I think <laughs> like, I like think Pedro I mean, Serrano in Major League. They blew up the Bartman ball. They blew up the Bartman ball and what happened like four or five years later? Cubs won the World Series, you know? I mean we could we could kill a chicken in the new stadium. <laughs> and Again, this is not Five Pedro years Serrano title. in Major League. Sorry to all the vegetarians and vegans who are listening to this podcast. Or still listening to not, the podcast. Oh no, God, chicken! Camper, and I'm just gonna kill it for religious purposes. <laughs> what did a chicken okay, ever do to us? Yeah. Well, they, they 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 through a lot of made our life misery, but it's it's a good misery. I just think you know, we've tried everything else. Why not resort to voodooers? I mean, stranger things have happened, right? Yeah. Maybe not. Yeah. I'll get I'll get you a little Daniel Levy doll that you can stick pins in, Nathan. I have no ill will towards Daniel Levy. I just have an ill will to this potential chicken, and it's not even I, ill will. He, I mean, it's more about the greater good about Tottenham. He knows yeah, what and, like this chicken will have served a greater purpose than he could have or she could have believed. Well, chicken is a woman, a female, so right. Maybe it should be a cockerel, shouldn't it? If I'm being real, if we're getting down to brass tacks. Nathan, just go get a Popeye's chicken sandwich, okay? And you'll be fine. I actually haven't had one since lockdown. They also did that in uh, Major League as well. Well, They got a bucket of KFC. And guess what? Did did the Indians win the World Series in that movie? No, they didn't. They just won the pennant, and they lost in the playoffs. No, they they didn't get to the pennant. No, no, they made it to the playoffs. They won the pennant, 
in, two, in the major league. Major two. league two against the White Sox because the White Sox are always the bad guys in these baseball movies. Yeah, that I, Angels of the outfield. We remember that to dare is to do, and so you know what? Just to dare go, to kill this chicken. To go for it and and see what happens. You know, maybe Jose should just kill a chicken in front of everybody to assert his dominance. I mean, then. he's been okay, giving I, people... I, I, I really thought that my sentence was going to be like, <laughs> okay, we're going to wrap it up, and yeah. then talk about killing chickens again. Yeah. You're welcome, if we, if we were running on fumes before, what are we running on now? <laughs> I'm, I'm afraid to ask. Uh, I don't. Well, this is our second win. Whatever it is, so. it smells very foul. I hope all of you who are listening, <laughs> rate and review us in a positive light. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I mean, maybe, do a little, maybe do a little. Maybe do a little editing. My lines. before you release it. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nah. This is uh, what is it called? Episode season five, episode twenty-four, uncut. Yep. And and everybody, this this is actually a little bit of a view into the snark table right here. This last five minutes is exactly <laughs> what a snark table conversation after an ABB match would be. So. I guess uh, you're welcome, and we apologize all at the same time. Yeah, I'm just I'm very sorry to egg you all on like this. Yeah. You egging people on? Never. And I'll, and I'll just try and, try and keep it positive as much as I can. Fair enough. And on that note, thank you to me for editing and sound. Uh, Charlie for the music. Kevin for social media. Uh, okay. Oh. I should have updated the script, but Catherine for the yeah I, I, I yeah I, I finally saw you, Catherine. Thank you, but Catherine for the first women update. Um, Kimberly for the logo, and of course, and as always, the Atlantic Bar and Grill for having a place to watch the match. Um, they are having a limited amount because of the laws right now, but so if you want to come, do come. Um, find our merchandise at Big Heads Media. Uh, as and as Catherine said, hit the subscribe button and write us a review on iTunes if you like our podcast. Maybe you don't like it. Still give us some good props um, or give us a review wherever you get your podcast. And of course, our social media is Twitter on on Twitter and Facebook at four star Spurs. If you want to see our collection of episodes, maybe some bios, some random articles, including Rick's rant, go to four star Spurs.com. Of course, come on you Spurs.